Hello and welcome to series two of the My Little Coco podcast. I am so happy to be back. I have an amazing lineup of guests for this series and I cannot wait for you to hear them. For those of you that are new to the show, in this podcast, I speak to my guests about their parenting journeys, what they've learned along the way and what they still need to figure out. We'll be talking about sleep, mostly the lack of it, the importance of well-being, the myths around breastfeeding and everything else in between. I'll be getting as many tips and tricks from my guests about how to find these balances because let's face it, they're not little for long. Right, let's start the show. Well, what a treat to be joined by my guest today. One of the most stylish couples around. If you've got them on Instagram, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. The pair had their first date on a train ride from Glasgow to London and got married nearly 10 years later in 2020. Now they are parents to gorgeous Bonnie. He is known for being one of the original Made in Chelsea stars and is also the founder of his own jewellery line, while she has modelled for brands such as Maybelline and Puma, and together they are co-founders of QV Wine. Here are Emma Lou and Ollie Proudlock on the My Little Coco podcast. Well, thank you both so much for joining me. I watch you on Instagram so I feel like I sort of know you although I don't and it's so nice to have these chats I've really looked forward to this series coming back because I love having open honest parent chat with people that I don't know so well and often we get those nuggets where we're like oh my god I do this too what I worried about that weird thing too so thank you for joining me how are you both how did you sleep last night first off thank you for having us also the feelings mutual I feel like I know you as well from from Instagram which is equally weird and Cool. <laughs> it's how we know everybody yeah. now, know. isn't it? And we know what everyone's doing. It's so bizarre, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you sleep last night? Or? I did not sleep that well. Was broken. A lot of broke. Recently, it's just broken sleep most nights. Mm. Um, yeah. But anything past four hours is a win. I feel. Yeah, I agree. I'm quite a good sleeper. She's so good. I do like ten hours a night. Oh. <gasps> is golden but i but i go to bed at about half seven right <laughs> but she she's so good at um ems is a deep sleeper so little noises or anything like that she can kind of sleep through yeah that um, is such whereas, a beautiful skill oh it's i know such a it's skill. really good I, obviously since bonnie's been here i've not been able to do it because a you can't and b you're you know you're just so much more alert and awake mm. mm-hmm. but in the on those nights where you do get a really deep sleep you wake up like oh I think I feel worse (laughs) because I'm so used to like being on high alert and not sleeping and when I have a really deep sleep I'm like oh jet lagged feel all over the place yeah I think it's weird as well I think we're at um so Bonnie's obviously just turned six months Mm -hmm. and obviously the beginning you know those first couple of months is the least amount of sleep and everything's so full-on but I think your adrenaline, you know, your love, everything that's going on, you just kind of push through. Yeah. And I feel now we've got a little bit of like delayed exhaustion. Yeah. Although we're sleeping more now, we kind of feel more tired. I know what you mean because you're sort of so like, you're so excited at yeah. the same yeah. time, aren't you? As soon as they wake up, you're almost buzzing to be up with them because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I just want another little look at you or another oh, little touch or another. So it's that. And then when are you kind of become used to like this amazing human that you've both created? You're like, okay, I think now I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think up. you've tired me out now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> adrenaline does kind of keep you and just having one last, one more sniff. Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely that. I'm, I'm with you. I... We'll get into the nitty gritty of sleep in a minute because that's what, you know, we, we all need more of. And I love to focus on that because I'm all, it's the thing of like, how many hours did you get last night? Oh, I've done this. Well, they only got up this amount of times. So there's so much to be said on that and we'll touch on that in a little bit. But I want to know because you have, you've just been away. That's right, isn't mm. it? Mm-hmm. So talk to me about, was this your first trip abroad? With Bonnie or no? It was our first long haul. Mm -hmm. So first sort of, I mean, the flight was long. It was 12 hours, which we were petrified Mm -hmm. about, obviously. The time difference was only four hours. Okay. Which wasn't so bad because she feeds every four hours. So we're kind of like, it's in our favour. 
that wasn't so bad but um you know equal that well kind of it wasn't great but <laughs> yes it was the first long haul trip that we'd done we'd been to europe before with her my parents live in portugal so we took her out there for a month over summer when she was 10 weeks old which was mad but great the flight was not as scary as we thought it was going to be which i think is always the case yeah. once you kind of get yeah. there and like you just it's the adrenaline again isn't it it just kind of keeps you going and you don't panic. And I suppose just knowing that it's temporary, right? It's just a flight. At the other side, it's going to be wonderful. This is just a flight. I think, I also think, I remember I literally flew, I, we had, Alea is nine and a half now. And when she was like three weeks old, I, funny enough, went to Portugal because my aunt and uncle have a house there. So they were like, just come, you're off work, you know, get some vitamin D, it'll make you feel good. We're all here. Um, so we did, and then I, and then that the Chris she was born in the May, and then that Christmas, we went to the Maldives. We did long haul, and I kind of remember everyone else putting me off doing this, and I I kind of thought, well, we've always done it. I want to try and live life normally, like you know what is normal for us. And she's come along and she's going to fit into what we do really nicely. And I could, I was really optimistic about it. But I remember not being worried until I spoke to other people. I think we, we were kind of the same, you know, before Bonnie was born, we kind of said to one another that we wanted our life to, you know, not obviously remain how it was, because it's not possible to do that. But for her to, you know, fit into the sort of things that we normally do and not have to give stuff up because... We wanted her to be a part of it with us, yeah. you know, and be a family and have the same sort of, you know, going out for dinner or going on holiday or not doing things because we were either, you know, scared or because we felt that we had to stay in our little bubble here. So we kind of made a point of when she was little, bringing her into to the norm. But I, I, completely the same. People would be like, oh my God, you're mad. But like, why would you do that? Why would you take a baby out of the sleep routine and like go to the pub for dinner, you know, or what, go on yeah. a flight? You know, what if she cries the whole way? What if her ears are sore? So you do obviously, you know, have that from people, but I guess you kind of just, well, we kind of just said, you know, we just have to take it as each people, baby's yeah. different. And if it's shit and it goes tits up, then it goes tits up and we tried it and, you know. We may never do this again. Unless you try, <laughs> unless you try, try, you will never know. Yeah. Absolutely. What, what, how was the trip? Because obviously, like you say, up until now you're used to holidaying with just the two of you and that kind of freedom feels, when you, when you, when it happens, that freedom feels a long way away. What sort of adjustments did you have to make? I mean, listen, it's definitely not the same, it's, is it? It's very different. <laughs> In your mind, you've got this picture like, no, it will be the same. Like, we'll still be able yes. to kind of do our thing and Bonnie's <laughs> just going to cruise along with us. Yeah. It definitely changes. It changes. Um, I think also because your priorities are like what you're looking for on a holiday change yeah. as well. Like before yeah. it would be kind of like, you know, you don't... Of course you want to come back feeling refreshed, but now like you really want to come back feeling refreshed. Whereas you'd be like, yeah, we'll, you know, get a bit pissed every day and like just, you know, be <laughs> on holiday. Um, whereas this time it was like, no, let's actually, you know, go to bed early. Yeah. Let's like, you know, yeah. not have a drink until it gets to like the evening as opposed yeah. to we'd be like one minute past 12. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, and, and also just kind of experiencing, you know, her first holiday with her. Yeah. It kind of changes yeah. it because you see it through her eyes, I guess. You don't want to waste those moments. It's quite funny, isn't it? The irony of like the old you to like the new you because it's the time where you're like, actually, we should play this right because she's going to be up in so many hours. So let's not have a drink and let's do this. But actually, if there's a time that you probably blooming needed a drink on holiday, it's now. <laughs> you know? I know, but you kind of do have, I do anyway, every night I have that sort of chat in my mind. I've got this one person be like, you should probably go to bed. You never know what's going to happen. You <laughs> want to feel fresh tomorrow. Grandpa. Then, yeah, that's grandpa who's just taking <laughs> over my life right now. And then I've got the old me. The old me being like, you've still got it, buddy. Get out yeah. there. Bonnie would be yeah. proud of you. Yeah. Be like, go on, Dad. I know. It's so it's funny. that constant, like, it's and Grandpa so usually wins. Grandpa yeah. usually comes in. Grandpa's always right, though, isn't it? Oh, Grandpa's always right. I, I wake up in the morning, I go, thanks, Grandpa. I feel good. <laughs> yeah, thanks, you've saved me. So let's talk a bit about life before lovely Bonnie came along. Had you spoken about wanting children because I think I was talking to some friends the other day and a, a, a girlfriend that's actually 
starting to date now and she's like I want to just be honest I don't want to play it cool I want to put my cards on the table I want to say at one point I do really want a family and it might not be too far away from now and I want this and I'd like to live here it's kind of I'm so out of the dating game that I'm the worst person to come to for advice I'm like don't ask me yeah, I can't even remember we were talking on MySpace like <laughs> I don't oh, ask yeah, literally we were talking on BBM yeah. and MySpace I loved MySpace and do you know what if Marvin did have me and his top friends he was out <gasps> the top five yes. do you remember so good oh my yes it was a thing oh. um so had was that something that you were sort of straight up with one another about we definitely i don't remember Not... if we discussed it super early on no. we've almost i mean it's almost been 10 years we've been together now so you know at the beginning i was like early 20s we were just kind of like mm-hmm. going out and having fun going out for dinner yeah night, like i mean living the life um, and I didn't really, not that I didn't want kids, but I'd never been in a position where somebody made me feel comfortable enough for me to see that in my future. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like wow. I'd never kind yeah. of, and I don't think, well, it's for me anyway, I don't think I ever really seen it until I knew that I was going to be with all for the rest of my mm-hmm. life and I was going to, you know, marry him. And then I wanted to start a family. Mm-hmm. But until that point, I didn't, I just, I, I didn't, I was never with the right person that made me want to have that. Not that it was bad, just it wasn't, you know, it just didn't unlock that part of my brain. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. And how about you, Ollie? I would say probably exactly the same. I mean, I think I always knew that I wanted to have kids and, you know, and have a family, but until I found that right person. In the distant future. Yeah, (laughs) because at the beginning, you know, when Ems and I started seeing each other, we were still young. You know, we were getting to know each other. And I think until we both really got to know each other and and realised that, you know, we meshed and, and we had the same views on life and wanted to go in the, in the same direction, then I think we probably both started thinking about it. I love that. When you build that, like, togetherness, you're like, actually, we'd both quite like children together. It's kind of a nice a nice moment, isn't it? How about your upbringings? How do they differ? Because, you know, a lot of us, I kind of wondered, would I parent like my mum? I mean, I didn't think so. And not that there was anything wrong with my mum's parenting, but I kind of, you know, there's those things that like your mum will say to you and you're like, oh my God, that's so annoying. I will never say that. And now I've got a nine year old and she's slow in the mornings and we're we're going through it at the minute. We're going to school and everything's slow. And the other day she rolled her skirt up to go to (gasps) school and I was like, memories. You are not. You Right? You're nine and a half. And I remember doing this and I remember thinking, oh my goodness, mum, you are, you're you are so cringe and you you know yeah and now I can hear my mum when I'm talking to my daughter and I'm like oh the things I you know, I know. the it's things funny, that I wish it? I would never say I'm actually saying yeah so how did your upbringings look and do you think you will parent in a similar way to your parents we've spoken about this a bit haven't we yeah we have I think like Ola and I speak about quite a lot how when you have your own baby you think about your childhood really differently. Mm. And you think about like the not only yeah. you know obviously all of the love and the happy memories, but you think about the sacrifices and you think about you know the things that I never really not that I never appreciated, but because I, I did appreciate that my parents obviously you know made sacrifices for for us as a family. But I guess you don't really. We well, are too young. I, yeah, I just don't you, think you yeah. understand it. Yeah, and you just mm. don't really think about like you know, how exhausted they must have been or like on the days where, you know, the good days, but also the bad days and like Mm. still giving us, you know, a childhood and a house full of love, which, you know, I think is ultimately the most important thing. Yeah, the sense of appreciation for your parents is is crazy. Once you suddenly become Mm. a parent and like Em says, you recognize the sacrifices. Um, But then I think in terms of parenting, you know, there's so there's so much different in terms of generations. Yeah, and yeah. you know thing, things change, and you know maybe there are certain points that you want to change from your child. And at the end of the day, we, you kind of you want to be the best parent possible. There is no such thing as mm-hmm. perfection. You know, obviously we'll all make mistakes, but I think also with like being the best parent, it's kind of like as you learn on the job. Not only do you like does the baby or child change and develop, but I think you as a parent develops as well, and like you grow with each other. Mm-hmm. Totally that. And I think I kind of, I had a lot of that with my mum. My mum raised me on her own. And I had this moment one day where I was like struggling with the kids. And I'm lucky, you know, I'm in a situation where we are both together. We're both equal parents. And 
I had this moment where I called my mum. I don't even, it wasn't even like anything big had happened. It was just a really stressful day with work and, you know, and I'm lucky, right? I'm raising my kids and my financial situation looks a lot different to it would have done for my mum raising me. And I remember just ringing my mum one day and being like, I don't think I've ever thanked you, thanks. And she was a bit yeah, like, yeah. What, what are you after? And I'm like, no, I'm not after anything. I've just had a real day. Yeah. And I thought, how the hell did my mum do this alone? Mm, you know, she crazy. raised me, she had me in a hostel. And I'm like, how? I just, yeah, thank you. Oh, it's, it's mine. It's, I couldn't even imagine doing this journey by myself. Right. I mean, yeah, just like, unbelievable. We are so fortunate. We are so fortunate. What are the, what are the main things that you've noticed, Ollie, when you say that, you know, those generational changes, what what really sticks out to you? I think for me, like what you touched on there, like Ems and I are so lucky that we're doing this journey together. And, you know, we are really lucky in the work that we do that we can both take time out and kind of do it together and go through the process. Whereas I speak to my mum and dad, it was so different, you know? They both weren't that hands-on. Whereas I think for us, we want to be super hands-on. Yeah. be super present and like be in every moment I think that's one thing that I take from being a parent like and I think where I'm working and stuff that's one thing that I'll always try and get mum well not try and get one thing that I do get mum guilt about is is being present and I think everything stops with the, with the kids like wherever I am in the world if the school nurse calls me I am getting home you know mm. or if there's a school play to be watched I will be there and it's 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 crazy and I never kind of I'm so aware of being present that I'd sort of sometimes tear myself apart you know to to be so present you know do you do you find because you know we both go through it but especially Ams that sort of guilt you know because we're now slowly getting back to work and you know obviously you've been doing it for a lot longer and you've got three kids and they're much older do you still have that strong sense of guilt when you go to work or is it something over time you work out a balance and yeah, the balance definitely comes. Not like it's not always harmony, <laughs> um, mm-hmm, but the balance definitely comes. I think the way that I talk to myself has definitely eased because, you mm-hmm. know, essentially I'm doing it for my family and for my, you know, exactly. this is all for them, right? So I think you constantly have to remind that. But then also for myself, like, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. you don't give up the right to be you when you become a mum. Exactly. And I think I'm the best mum when I'm the best me. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's always holding on to that in the moment. But yes, mum guilt is definitely a thing, but it will be over silly things like, oh my goodness me, okay, I forgot it was crazy hair day at school. So now I'm like frantically on Amazon Prime trying to find some like colour. You know, it, it's those things that, yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah. that I stress about rather than the actual, I grew up raised by a mum that worked every hour that God sent on her own. And I don't have mm. any memories of her not being around as such. Mm-hmm. I knew that it was all out of love for me. So I kind of have to be real with that, you know. 100%. Does that worry you, Emma, in, in, in a way? It, I, I wouldn't say it worries me. I think it's just something that I'm kind of slowly and carefully navigating, both mm. with myself and mm-hmm. with my sort of, the sort of mum guilt cape that yeah. hangs over it, which I, I just yeah. don't even really like the words together. It just kind of makes you immediately think that you're doing something wrong and actually I, I know. it's the opposite. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, de- I have had, I mean, I think especially because she's so little and and she's kind of starting to do her first. So like, you yeah. know, she's babbling and she's now kind mm. of sitting up on her own. And, and I, I each morning I'm like, today might be the day that she like, you know, will try and crawl or she'll try and say something else or, and I just don't want to miss anything. But equally, you have to, you know, I have to, for my own sanity, mm. I'm, I have to have a bit of time on my own. I'm a better mother. I'm a better wife. I'm a better person. Correct. And I'm not stressed 100 mile an hour and trying to like <laughs> spin all mm. the plates. But yeah, it is like it's a balancing act. No mm-hmm. pun intended. It is. And she's only six months. And I think it I know. does. I feel like, you know, I'm in this now and my eldest is nine and a half and I'm just starting to get it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just starting yeah. to sort of find peace in it a little bit, I think. Yeah. And you will. You find your way. You you do. I'm I'm not in a rush, but I'm equally impatient. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. That. So totally I know that. I'll get there. I just don't know when or how, but I will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how how did you both find pregnancy? 
I say both. I'll start with you, Emma, and then and then yeah, and then I'll let you can jump I thought Emma's experience was slightly different <laughs> yeah, from mine. I think yes, that, yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, I I loved being pregnant. I absolutely loved it. I the first three months were tough. I felt physically rotten. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really sick. I was just I can't. I just felt really anxious. I felt really like yeah. What is going on? Because and I. Constantly, I just wanted to have a little window on my tummy that I could just peek in and be like, all right, they're fine. Wouldn't that be unbelievable? Wouldn't it? That would be insane. And I became so like, I didn't really care what, what, how I felt. Although at the time, there's times when I, you know, obviously was complaining to all about how horrific it was, but Mm -hmm. I didn't, I I didn't mind all of that. And I would do it a thousand times over for her, of course. But, um, I don't know, there was just, I think the first three months is, is a weird time because you kind of, I remember just constantly doing pregnancy tests and being like, is it still there? Am I still is pregnant? It still, is, it yeah, still is it still a thing? And then having to actually, you know, say to myself, stop mm. buying them, stop doing tests. Everything's fine. Everything's okay. Because I was just was becoming obsessed with it. Yeah. We're weirdly told as well, aren't we? Not to tell people that we're pregnant until which is like a thing that's put on us, like just in case anything was to happen. And you know, I talk to friends on a regular basis that I'm like, if something does happen, that is the time I need, I need everyone. I need everybody to scoop me up, you right? You need people system. around. It's this weird archaic view, isn't it? That you mustn't tell anyone yeah. until you're 12 weeks. Otherwise, and, yeah. And then you've got that in your head and you try and protect that. And you feel very, I don't know if, if, this was the same with you, Emma, but and particularly when you've done the pregnancy and then the baby's here, you've got that real inner lioness that you just want to protect oh, your little unit from every yeah. like, I could have taken on the world, you know? <laughs> I could have taken mm-hmm. on the world yeah. when mm-hmm. I've got that little 100%. unit around me and I just want to protect. It's animalistic, isn't it? Mm. It's like proper mama bear, like... Yeah. Yeah, so the first 12 weeks you know pretty and then and I think also whenever you kind of get a bump and then you start actually having physical signs as opposed to you know the things yeah that you, I, I just then felt like I had this little like present beautiful little mm. gift in my belly yeah and um I loved it you did love it didn't you you were just the the, uh, the vision oh. of a pregnant woman that is kind of like I remember watching your little videos that you'd post or your stories or your pics thinking, oh my goodness me, you actually made me feel broody. And I said, I'm oh. done at three. <laughs> but you know, like it was so, it was actually really nice to follow somebody on Instagram that was really positive about it. Because I think we're in, you know, we see, we hear so much, this is awful, this is, I'm sick. And it was actually nice to remember those gorgeous moments of pregnancy because they also can be forgotten. A hundred percent. Thank you. That's really sweet of you, by the way. Um, I, I, I think also I wanted to capture those things for me as well to have. Yeah. To remember yeah. those yeah. little times. And I, I spoke to someone whenever I was. I can't remember how far on I was, but they said, you know, every couple of days or whatever, just take a little video just so that you kind of remember it. And then I, yes. and I look back. I mean, I haven't done it. I thought whenever. I was pregnant, I remember, sorry, I'm jumping between 10 different subjects here, but whenever it was coming to an end, I was so emotional and I was so upset because I just was so scared that she wasn't going to be here anymore. Mm. We didn't know if it was a boy or a girl, but I just was worried that I wouldn't be able to protect them and they wouldn't be, I wouldn't yeah. be able to feel them wriggling and moving and, and you know, all of the amazing feelings that, that you get, um, which is why I then took the videos to look back on afterwards. But as soon as she was born, I haven't looked at them at all. <laughs> it's it, I, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And there's that there's that moment, isn't there, where you kind of this is you, this little being is inside you. And I remember having a layer and her being born and feeling a little bit uh, struggling with looking at other people holding her. I remember having that moment where I was like. Oh my god! Can I have her back now? I'm just feeling very, just really yeah. odd about, yeah, not being able to have her in there and protect her in the same way that I could before. It's a weird notion, isn't it? Yeah, a hundred percent. And definitely had that because you I missed had for that. a while that that feeling of the bump and Bonnie being inside and. Yeah, mm. I, I did. I also found the first few days after having her really tough, really yeah. emotional, really. I felt really low. 
and I just felt really blue. I I, I couldn't I couldn't shake it yeah. at all. And I remember speaking yeah. to the midwives and you know them coming and they were incredible. The support that they gave me was just mm-hmm. amazing. And um, I remember every morning they come in or not every morning every you know however many times a day. And just kind of monitor and make you know see if anything had changed or whatever. And and I remember thinking, oh, when is this gonna? I just want to. That feeling. I just want to, to be full of happiness and bursting with love, but I just couldn't shake this sort of feeling of, you know, this blue feeling. And at the time, I was like, is this because now the pregnancy's over and it's now in phase two, and I don't know anything about phase two, and you know what's gonna happen? And what's next? And what is this? I remember mm. actually yeah. getting. I remember feeling exactly the same as that, and I got a text from. A friend of mine after I had a layer and I'd had a C you how you had a cesarean as yeah. well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I had a cesarean and I got a text on day three and, and it just said this today is day three, hormones are kicking in. If you cry for no reason, it's all right. And I remember getting that and it would it was just after Marvin asking me what I wanted for breakfast. And I just remember looking at him and going, cereal. <laughs> and he was just like, okay, okay, you can have cereal. I'm on it. And then, you can have and any then, cereal yeah, you want. What cereal do you want? We'll get yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and I remember then looking at my phone and she had texted me and instantly it made me feel better. It was just like mm. this rush of why am I so sad? Yeah. Why do I feel low? I've got this gorgeous baby here. To be honest, at that point, you know, they're in the bit where they just kind of sleep a lot, a lot, right? Where they've where they've not figured out how to be awake at night yet. Um, and actually thinking, I, a little bit worried actually, like, is this normal? And it, it's kind of the bit that people don't touch on. Yeah. And exactly that text, honestly, just changed the game. I was like, mm. okay, this yeah. makes sense. This is obviously it. what, ha- yeah, yeah, absolutely did. It's really weird. I got the same text from All's older sister, Charlotte. Mm. She sent a text ah. to All and to me, different ones. Mine saying, if you feel mm-hmm. that, similar to your text. And the one to All was more like, extra cuddles for him, like just be there, mm. make sure oh. she's okay. And since having that text and, and the exact same feelings as you, just feelings of reassurance and comfort and support and you know, knowing mm. that you're not going nuts. I've then sent it to friends who have had babies on their day three. Yeah. Yes. Because you have to I pass do. it on. That's my thing. Because otherwise, like, we have to stick <laughs> together to. here, guys. We have to. Honestly, it's so funny you should say that because day three is when, you know, when people like send the texts and send gifts. Day three, I'm like, I'm going to send chocolate or pizza, yeah. or whatever it is I know that that person loves, and a message to say, you might cry a lot today. It's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's completely normal and it will pass. Yeah, absolutely that. You have said that yeah. having Bonnie has already made you a better person, which I think is so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. In in what ways do you think that's happened? We've spoken about this so much, and I'm going to try not to cry, because whenever I talk about this, I just start crying, which is... I think it's nice, though. It's so nice to be emotional about it. Well, that, that already makes me so emotional. I'm going to just take it easy for a little second. But, yeah, whenever I talk about her, I get super emotional. I can feel it happening now. Oh, I'm going to start as well. Don't, oh, don't. Don't. I don't know what it is. It's also lack of sleep, guys. I no, haven't slept. It's, it's, she's I'm your really baby. tired. She's your baby girl. She's your baby oh, girl. Yeah. And it's so, I think it's so lovely to, you know, to show emotions about it. Let it's, it out. Especially when I haven't slept, I start talking about her and I, I could just go at any point. I said this to someone last night, actually. Ever since Bonnie's been born, I've definitely become more emotional since meeting Emma in, in the best way. Um, I definitely feel like I've let my guard down. I feel as guys, we have this guard up, right? And we feel like we've always got to be strong, you know, not show any emotions. But I feel since meeting Ems, that guard, you know, slowly fell, but it was still there. Then when Bonnie was born, oh my God, the guard was just like, vroom. And now it's like all these emotions that have built up over the years are just like Mm -hmm. right here, you know? So like any point they could just, you know, overflow. But in the best way, in just like the best way. I love that so much. I was having this conversation with Marvin actually, and I'm not sure if it's, he said he's not sure if it's because he had a little girl first, he's not sure, but it definitely untapped his feminine side, so to speak. And like that it's okay. And it's actually so 
beautiful when a when a man is in touch with his feminine side in that way and there's definitely something that that gets unlocked which way do you think that she's almost without even knowing bless her because she's only six months old which ways do you think she's sort of unlocked that in you do you think that it's I do you think it's coming from a place of patience because I'm not sure about you but I discovered a new level of patience that I didn't know existed until I became a parent I think a new sense of patience but also like such an overwhelming sense of purpose mm. and also just like a sense of perspective I think in your younger years you go through life and you're just kind of going with the flow you're unsure of your direction kind of what you're doing and then as soon as you have for, for me anyway and I think for M as soon as you have whether it's a baby boy or a girl, just all those things you used to worry about just become so irrelevant. And suddenly you just have this a just complete sense of purpose. And I like, I know why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, this is my reason to be. This is this is why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Basically. Mm-hmm. And that could set me off at any point. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not going to be that girl. I'm not oh. going to be that girl. I'll let no. you move on. I'll no, no, it's on. fine. No, but seriously, like, <laughs> it, it is just, it's really overwhelming. And I think because it's still such early days, and I think especially since, you know, since Ems and I are doing the podcast, we talk about our journey so much and we talk about all the ups and downs and talk about our emotions. And I think that keeps it even more, you know, at the forefront of how you feel. Mm. So like I'm, I'm really I've got my emotions right at the at the forefront, and I'm just kind of following them. It's so nice to know that the best is all still ahead. Exactly. I know. I say it to all. Yeah. I'm like that makes me emotional in itself. I know. Can you? Imagine oh, I, I, when I she keep, talks. I keep, when she tells him that she oh, loves it, oh, he's no. gonna melt. So I so <laughs> I remember after the um the hospital when we came back that amazing feeling when you you come back home, and you know it was the three of us and you know you're in that bubble you touched on it earlier. And I remember one morning just sort of like dancing with her. And then suddenly oh I just fast forwarded to her wedding day. And I'm like, oh. Wow. That gets me. <gasps> oh, God. That, that, I mean, that one. Sorry, Sorry, that one. That one. When I think about that, that, yeah, that blows my mind. And yeah. we're so far away from that. I mean, we've got so many glorious things that happened before that. But immediately I just transported to that moment. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's isn't a it? lot. That's a lot. Oh. Like we we kind of we went to a couple of weddings over the summer, and they were like you know father of the bride speeches, and oh, I kind God. of never had that because my my dad wasn't around. He wasn't present in that way. So I kind of always take that with oh that's lovely, but with a pinch of salt. But Marvin was fully where he was like I just think that one day. The thought of handing my baby over to somebody is like is it was it was like really getting to him. Yeah, it's kind of a it's a weird notion, but it's all do you know what do you know what the thing is for me that I find? And I think because maybe my life is so busy and I want a parent and I love in the best of my ability. When you go to parents' evening, right, guys. I, I would love to talk to you in like five, six years time and you tell me if you're the same. But you go to parents' evening and half the time I'm flapping, I've come from work and I've rushed and I've got there and it's all a little bit last minute. And you sit down and they'll talk through the education and that's all lovely and it's great to know that they're developing. But when someone compliments you on your baby for being kind and oh, caring yeah. to other people, oh, I promise you, I'm like, I just cry. Oh, God. I can't. Yeah, I, 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 can't. There's nothing I, can do. I, I can't cry at parents' evening. I mean, that would just be horrendous. Is Marvin crying? I do at it first? every time. And it? Mark, no, because he knows that I'm going to. So he's already like, go easy today. Because, you know, like, especially now post lockdown, you don't really know the teachers in the same way that you used to. You drop off and you share the odd thing. Alaya's feeling like this today or, or however it might be. But we had a parents' evening about two weeks ago and her teacher said to me, She's, she always makes sure that she doesn't leave anybody out. And that's always what I say to her. Make sure everyone's always included. I don't that's like that, you know, that mean girl vibe. And she said it, and I promise you, I just, that was it. Like, oh. okay, I'm done. You're I like, am I'm done. gone. That's magic. I'm gone, so oh. you might as well just talk to Marv because I'm not really listening yeah. at this point. <laughs> that also must just be like the ultimate, I mean, s- such a compliment as a parent. Yeah. That yeah. like, they're, you know, you've made this beautiful little caring, kind yeah. human. Because they've learned that they've learned that from you guys, right? 
So and that's, that, that's all you hope as well, right? As a parent, mm-hmm. anything in life, I'm like, we can figure out. As long as my kids are kind, they exactly. tell me the truth and they care for, uh, that's honestly all, I think all of us, yeah. right? That's all we want yeah. as parents. Amen. So two questions that I ask my guests are, um, and I love this. What is the biggest thing you've learned about yourself? And I'll ask this to both of you since becoming a parent. And what are you still trying to figure out? We spoke about it actually on our podcast um, that babies are the ultimate ego thieves and they just strip you (laughs) of like all of the things that you thought were important, even though, you know, some of those things still are important, but nowhere near as important as that little as you as your little person and as you know your relationship with yeah. them and and I, I i think just i've kind of lost where my train was going i'm on the but train i'm like, on the train with i think you. the train is that's a good what happens train. that's what happens um, <laughs> no i think just like the importance of like time and being with one another and just slow yeah. down and not rushing and, yes and you know things that i used to think were important like yeah. I don't care as long as we're healthy and we're together and you know we're that's all that matters that we're you know health like health is wealth and that's kind of what's agreed do you know what that is so poignant and Mm. i think you're so right it's exactly what happens you go hang on was i even worried about that before this is my new like and like ollie touched in before this was this is my reason now i think that as well you know how precious life is and how incredible mm. it is. How like incredible. a human being coming into this world that is half me, half M's, is just, yeah. and like to see, especially I've just got such an appreciation for women, that the, what you girls go through is mind blowing. From, you know, Aww. being pregnant to then the birth, then the post with all the hormones. I mean, if that was a guy, we would be complaining <laughs> the whole freaking way and, you know, <laughs> You, like it's just unbelievable that's another thing you know for me seeing M's, you know being a mum and going through all of that is just you know it's superhuman yeah, it, is, it, is, it is i'm super, sure of it, it is superhuman it is yeah. i remember i used to say to marvin when he'd go so what are you up to and i'd be like on the sofa you know like he'd come in or whatever he'd be like, what have you been up to and i'm like growing a human yeah. what yeah. have you been up to today? yeah yeah this <laughs> and that was my get out for yeah. so long yeah like, just you know Growing your future child. Yeah, you should give it a go. Yeah. We used to, we used to say yeah. talk about it all Try the time. Like whenever you know, some days be like oh, today. Like I mean, I'm just making an eyeball, just making a foot. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then yeah. there's all the things that you can't see, like just you know making some DNA, just some you yeah, know, just a couple genes, yeah. some yeah. personality, some, some chromosomes. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't mind me. Yeah. Don't worry. I don't want to mention it, but that's what I'm doing. Yeah. What do you think it is? You've still got to figure out. Oh, I think all of it, to be honest. <laughs> I don't like. Where, do you ever have? I'm it, with you. Do you yeah. ever have it figured out? I don't think. So. No. Like, uh, no. I don't know. I think I'm trying to just like not limit what I can achieve by putting on like saying I want to have this done and this done mm. and this done because then you kind of put that boundary around what you can. I think just yes. like I'm just going with the flow. I think I think as well that like, we kind of That's touched it. on it earlier. I think trying to find that balance where. You know, you can be a parent and be present, but at the same time, still keep sight of yourselves and Ems and I as a couple and still be able to be out there bossing it, you know, making a living, doing what you love. Like once you conquer that, I mean, I don't even know if you, I mean, obviously there are people out there like yourself who are doing it. And I think once you find... Winging it, winging it. Yeah. Kind of winging it, winging it, just beautifully from an outsider. I'm like, there ain't no winging here. She is bossing that. (laughs) Um, I'm like this underneath. Yeah, but I, I think that's trying to find that balance and feel content and comfortable and not have that sense of guilt. Yeah. I and mean, if you can get to yeah. that point, then then you're Jesus. Then that's then, a beautiful. Then thing. things are good. I feel like we should talk sleep, mm. and I mean, there's there's stuff that I would love to know from you, but I also feel feel that. It's one of those subjects that when you have the baby, it's what people sort of 
terrify you about, I will say. When you're pregnant and you're like, oh, I've not really slept because I'm big now and I can't get comfortable. And they're like, well, you wait till that baby's here. Mm. You will not sleep. It's the most annoying. And I kind of, yeah, I kind of call them like, I had a well, I had a word for them when Dementors. I was pregnant. Dementors. Yes, yeah. yes. It's kind of just like a drainer on anything yeah. baby related. Like I always try and be positive to people, but I hate it when they're like, "Oh, well, you're having a you've, you're you know now you're having a C-section. Oh, well, goodness me, you're not going to do this and you're not going to yeah. be able to do that. And you know, oh, you wait till you've got them sleep, then they're going to teeth. It's yeah, kind of yeah. like, okay, can you just let me do this and not terrify yeah. me of the whole yeah. experience? But sleep is the thing that we all we all need. You know, it's a form of torture if you don't get enough, that we'll know. Um, how did that first sort of moment look for you? Like you said, it's kind of exciting when they're here. What point did you get when you were like, okay, I'm really tired now and I need to kind of construct some sort of routine? Uh, to be honest, I, I, I remember it, but I don't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, like, it's, I remember yeah. being... It's so, blurry. Yeah, blurry. I remember being so obviously full of adrenaline, which we spoke about, but also stages of being so exhausted mm. that mm. you just kind of have to like put one foot in front of the other and just do what you can and just keep yeah. going and yeah. tag team anything and everything. I, yeah. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't, people said to us at the beginning, you know, one, you know, sleep in separate rooms. So one of you at least can have a full night's sleep and the other one, but we didn't. I mean, we did everything kind of we didn't. together. We did it together. We but didn't. I, I definitely think that the breastfeeding, you know, is so full on, um, you know, having to yeah. do it throughout the night. And I kind of felt a little bit helpless during that time. Mm. There was and, times when mm. I wanted to smother all with a pillow, just watching him. <laughs> But it was like... <laughs> it, it is the worst, isn't but, it? Because that is, you know, every two hours, you know, I was coming in and doing the burping, which is another whole nother story. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that for Ems, that for Ems was just, you know, yeah, just really, really, really It's so demanding. You, demanding. you do turn into a, a, a cow, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, well, I don't know if I did love it. I don't know. I just remember it being just so demanding, so exhausting, so beautifully amazing but so hard a lot of yeah. pressure oh my god so hard it's like you do feel like superhuman you feel like a superhero for being able to feed your baby but at the same time the demand when you it's solely on you is also a real pressure at the same time i thought it would be a good idea um to in case you've got any questions at this point about sleep because there's there's the newborn sleep, there's like sleep regression. There's so many, the, the world of sleep is huge. So I thought, you know, I would get an expert in to talk to us about it. So the lovely Eve, who I have spoke to before, who is just like a sleep fairy, um, is joining us now. Eve is from Calm and Bright. I'm so excited. Um, yes, oh, isn't, it, isn't it so funny? You're like, so what can you tell us? What do you know? Eve, we hear, first of all, thank you so much for joining us, by the way. We hear so much about how important sleep is for our health, right? We know how hard that moment is when we're not sleeping. What would your first step be to parents that are just kind of like, I'm listening now, I'm in this moment where I'm not getting any sleep, I need it, I'm sort of cracking up a little bit, what do I do? So I think before the practical advice, the really important thing is to just be easy on yourself and stop measuring your worth as a parent by how well your baby sleeps or how good a sleeper they are. Because I think that's a real, I think there's so much guilt and shame anyway. I think the only thing that sleep is secondary to is perhaps the breastfeeding, you know, breast or bottle thing, but sleep and how you choose to do it is so filled with judgment and advice well-meaning advice like you say from these people that you know think they know best and i think the ultimate thing i would say to people is genuinely truly there is no right or wrong so that's both freeing and a little bit scary in the sense that you get free reign on doing it how you want to do it but i think the biggest thing i would say to parents is first of all <laughs> it is so normal for sleep to be really seriously broken for the first half of the first year and for some people beyond but the news is that it doesn't have to be. So there is hope. So beyond the age of six months, every healthy baby is capable of 11 to 12 solid hours sleep and lovely long naps of up to four, five hours. Like that is totally within reach. 
Those naps are so special, Eve. Emma, don't you find that you can, you're like the things that you can do in a lunchtime nap? I mean, don't even talk to me about it. It gets me excited. The thing is, when she goes down, sometimes I'm like, do I have a minute? Do I have two hours? Just do everything you can (laughs) in that time. And you're like, turbo time. It's so true. Turbo cop. Yeah, <laughs> exactly that. So you're so you're saying so for the first sort of six months, you're saying. So listen, ba- some babies you're gonna always hear the stories. They came home from hospital and slept all night. Some babies can and do sleep through the night sooner, but truly and utterly, if you're still struggling at four months and five months, that you've done nothing wrong, and you've done nothing wrong if you're still struggling at three years, because we're always doing the best we can with the tools we have. But I just want parents to know that beyond six months, please don't struggle on unless you want to, because it's just not necessary beyond that age. When do they start developing the sort of their nighttime clock? I can't remember what it's called, but when they know that it's day and night, because I remember thinking for so long, oh, she still doesn't know, she still doesn't know. (laughs) (laughs) So the circadian rhythms that comes in at about the four month mark. That's um, it. Yeah. And yeah, and, and, it's hard, but like I said, you you absolutely can make it better. I think that's the biggest thing, Michelle, because I, I meet parents. I mean, we, we've been lucky enough to have helped like 10,000 parents get a full night's sleep. Now it's just like such an honour. Wow. And out of the people we've spoken to... You are to, an angel. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm honoured because oh. it all started with me having a car crash uh, when I was still feeding my 10-month-old baby every two hours because I was about as left-wing attachment parenting, which I still am, as you can get. And I thought that was, I thought you had to choose between like a well-attached and a well-rested child, but you totally don't. And in fact, you can't be present and connected and attached and creative and pumped Mm. if you're living on dregs of what we really need for our fuel, for our life. So you don't have to choose. (laughs) What would you say your tips on staying calm are? Because it can be so emotional when they can't sleep. And, you know, I've got friends that have called me that, you know, in desperation, and I remember doing it once with Alaya where you just put them in the car and you drive them round the block. And that was like the old school thing that my mum said to me, but I'm sure that is like the worst advice you can probably give anyone because then they get used to sleeping in a vibrating car. But I mean, sometimes you're so desperate and particularly I was 23 when I had Alaya. Um, which is like super young. When I think of my sisters now, and I remember thinking, oh my God, I've got this little human and she's screaming and I don't know what to do. What would your top tips on staying calm be? Do you know what? It's almost impossible. I didn't manage it. Uh, Exhaustion turned me into a rageful monster a lot of the time. And there are lots of things that I did in those, because I had four under six. So I should have definitely, definitely got a a TV. Um, but (laughs) you are a legend no I'm not though I'm not I'm just the same as everyone else doing the best I can with the tools I have but I remember my ex-husband now I I can't blame it on the sleep but I remember him coming home bless him and saying you know I I was rocking with my fourth who I couldn't breastfeed I managed to breastfeed all the others and I was really smug actually if I'm honest that you know they were just weren't trying hard enough everyone else and then of course I couldn't feed Ted and I remember rocking with like a formula bottle poked through the thing and he came in and he went, I think he's asleep now. And he'd been asleep for ages and I hadn't noticed. I was absolutely beeped. Uh, it makes me emotional actually thinking about it. And so, and I wanted to touch on what you guys said earlier on about what, you know, when you have it figured out. Well, I've got a seven-year-old uh, up to a 14-year-old, four, and I, I'm still figuring it out and failing on a daily basis. So I think if we can just surrender to the fact that we're going to be driving our kids around in cars. I mean, I've done all sorts of things. I co-slept with my nine-year-old recently. I'm a sleep consultant. So let's just be completely transparent about the fact that none of us have a clue about what we're doing. And I completely agree that if we can just not measure our worth based on that, but also know that when we are in those dark, dark moments of the four month sleep regression or whatever it might be, literally within a few days, the sun's gonna come out again and you you will be okay and you will sleep again. And you don't have to wait for years for that to happen. Yeah. yeah. You're so right. And I think it's holding on to the fact that that's one thing that I, when you know, if it's a family member or a friend that's just had a baby, I'm like, 
this is so temporary. This moment here, it might feel like the worst bit. It's just a phase. And there'll be another phase phase soon. And my mum says that still happens with me. And it's so funny where she's like, well, you're still my baby. And I sometimes worry that you're working too much and that you're exhausted. And I'm like, what? So I think it will, there'll always be something new and a new obstacle to sort of get over. What about um, when they're teething and sleeping, what would your advice be there? Because I kind of find I was doing well of trying to put them into a routine and then that looks sort of that nice teething curveball comes in and you're like, okay, well, that's ruined the, the routine that I was in. There's so many curveballs. Yeah. You're just dodging balls. <laughs> just when you get used to it. So the first thing I'd say is that teething absolutely does cause, it is a thing, of course, I don't need to tell you that, right? And... It is an inflammatory thing. We see the signs, but I am going to be a little bit controversial, Rochelle, and say that it also gets a really bad rap, as do regressions, as do developmental leaps. These things all cause a bit of disruption to sleep. And don't get me wrong, if you're going to be like my nephew, Louis, and you're a beaster of a teether, as me and my sister call him, he was teethed like one, 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 like this. But otherwise, you're looking at three to five days of difficulty per tooth. Like it's not, unless you get them in quick succession, if you have broken sleep for a bit, you're not gonna be looking at more than a week, two weeks would be the max. So if if you find yourself struggling with sleep at like eight months, you're like, oh, it's the four month sleep regression or, oh, it's teething and they've never slept, like it's not that. So it's just something that we like to use. We need labels to like give us a semblance of control. Well, I think that's 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 what the human does, doesn't it? The human does that. This is happening because of this. You kind of like to put it somewhere. Yeah, that's natural because we feel so out of control. Yeah, we feel so out of control, and that's that's the thing. But um, I think anything goes. I think there's no such thing as bad habits. Like do what you need to do, but also know that if it's not okay for you anymore and everyone's measure is going to be different for me i need my sleep i am mental when i don't get my sleep how much sleep do you need i sort of winced a bit on your behalf at the four hours and i know disrespect if that's good for you that's amazing and some people do have lower sleep needs but the the research and the science shows that we really do need more than seven hours um in order to restore really oh, Eve, don't get me wrong i i could do with <laughs> sorry I could do with way more than four. Yeah. No, Ollie really struggles with his sleep. He I finds struggle it, with sleep a lot. Like, I could sleep, I could fall asleep on a speaker. I mean, I'm just a dozy, sleepy person. All could have all of the sleep aids. He could, you know, meditate. He could have sleepy tea. He could have, and it's, he's still... I think my, my problem is um, switching off my, my brain. Yeah, I, I have because the same. Because it's always, always going. Um... And then having Bonnie on top of that, you know, I think I got into a her routine of when she used to wake up and now I still wake up at those moments, although she's asleep, my body clock's kind of altered and sort of ready and alert. Yeah. And then I struggle to get back. Can I ask a question, Ollie? Do you sleep with your phone next to you on charge? Yes. Okay. I was exactly the same as you and this may not help or it may help, but I started plugging my phone in the hallway. Really? And there's this weird thing about not being able to be on your phone Mm. if you wake up or like first thing in the morning or just weirdly, I don't know, subconsciously knowing it's not there. Yeah. It changed Mm. my sleep. Does it worry you though that no one could get in touch with you straight away if anything was to go wrong? Well, I, I did the kind of, do not disturb things. So, like the people that would need to call me if something could call Marv. My, yeah. My, my, yeah, or my phone would ring. Right. Or they would call Marv. But it's just where my room is. My hallway is there, and there's a plug there, and I literally put it on charge. When I when I need yeah. my alarm for the morning, I get up in, and it's helped me with snoozing as well because I'm a snoozy Susie. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I kind of it's just whatever it's done has really helped me. So maybe give that a go and see if it helps. I, th- I think for me as well, I struggle. And you can you tell me maybe is how important. Obviously, you've got REM, you've got light sleep, you've got deep sleep. How important in terms of like recovery and you know that feeling. I don't know when you got the girls last woke up and you got out of bed and you were like. Oh my God, I feel phenomenal. I, th- I can't remember. But I don't think you felt like that in 10 years. I don't know, 10, 10 like... is punchy. But how important is, um, is deep sleep? 
because I struggle with deep. Light and REM, I can get loads, but... It is important, but you're not supposed to get half as much as you think. So I would strongly recommend you have a little look online if you haven't already. But there's this amazing guy called Matthew Walker, who's a neuroscientist and author of this internationally best-selling book called Why We Sleep, which is phenomenal. There's loads of his little TED Talks as well, Ollie, online. So have a look. That might be easier and quicker with a, a baby. But we know that the first five hours is when we do all our emotional filing. Okay. So say someone walked past, um, drove past us and flipped us off or something, we, we can go in our head it's okay they probably they might be having a, a difficult day and and we re, we forget where we parked our car in the car park so we can remember where it was and we do everything in those first five hours and that's why if you are woken within five hours of being first put to sleep i bet if all of you will um identify with this it literally you feel like you're being pulled out of like this dark fog yeah. like tar basically oh it's the worst and it is then i don't want to do any scaremongering because i'm like about as far away removed from that as you could be because there's too much of that in parents anyway parenting anyway but it is when we wash away our alzheimer's proteins it's when we repair cancer alzheimer's diabetes heart attack stroke all of that stuff is lessened when we get those first five hours uninterrupted and beyond one quick question about those first five obviously i love the uh, the subject of sleep so i heard that the, the hours that you get before midnight count as double so if i go to sleep at eight that eight to 12, four hours counts as eight hours. Because I've been trying to go to bed super early just to double up. Is that true? There is a lot of thinking behind the rationale of going with the daylight, right? So that would literally mean like in, in days of old, we would have gone to sleep at, at the moment five and we'd have woken up at a similar sort of time for whatever. So absolutely without question, if you go to bed at 1 a.m., and you take your seven hours then, you are not gonna feel as good without question than if you go to bed earlier. So whilst I don't know about double, I'm not a scientist and I haven't measured that, I would say without question, we wanna be going to bed in an ideal world before sort of 11 o'clock at night. before you go I would love for you to share some wisdom a little bit of a takeaway for someone perhaps listening to this that's like sleep is all I want in life so we do a we do a section called my little tips what would your tip to parents whether it's a newborn whether it's you know a parent to a 12 year old however that looks what would sort of what's one good nugget you can give us to take away so the top three things that I can offer parents that are really going to make a tangible difference in helping their baby to sleep through the night. The first thing is to make sure that they don't get too tired. There's a huge myth that we need to tire our babies out and wake our babies from nap so that they're tired enough for the night. The truth and the science behind this is in fact that when our babies are overtired, they get a shot into their blood of adrenaline and cortisol, making them not only appear wider awake and therefore completely throwing you off when they actually need more sleep but they're also full of energy and they can't actually settle because they're filled with stress and and with adrenaline so it's actually the truth that sleep begets sleep so the more sleep a baby has obviously with limits we don't let a three-year-old sleep for four hours in the day and expect them to go to sleep at night but that will be really clear to you because bedtime will take hours but ordinarily pre two years of age the more sleep in the day, the better. So for example, a newborn baby would have like six to eight hours sleep in the day and another 10 or so at night. And a six month old baby would have four hours sleep in the day and 12 at night. So really? the more sleep, the better. So we do not wake babies from sleep in the vast majority of cases. We do have a couple of exceptions, which we cover in some free information on our Instagram page. But on the whole, what I would say is that we don't wake babies from naps. We let them sleep as long as they want, up to three hour naps. So the very good news is more day sleep equals more night sleep. The second really tangible tool that I can give parents, and I do this everywhere I go, I kind of give out this free bit of advice, which can make such a huge difference even in fact without having to do any control crying or sleep training just knowing this bit of information can make a huge difference to parents and does in fact make a huge difference to parents it can actually cause a baby who's waking in the night to stop waking in the night just knowing this information and actually it's not much to do with the night it's to do with the day now that information is the nap gaps which is our like top secret magic information that i would just be delighted to share with your listeners today so that is the nap gap is the time away 
awake between sleep. So you might call it a wake window as well. We like to call it nap gap. And that means that not that's not when you start putting your baby down for sleep, that's when your baby would be asleep by. And we've got a lovely little trick that parents can use for the hot, to cover the whole 12 months of life, which is the main part of life that you need to know. So at one month, the nap gap is just 45 minutes. So a four week old baby doesn't wanna be awake more than 45 minutes. And obviously in that time, you wanna have you know fed them and changed them and stuff. So really truly, they're not awake a huge amount of time. So that eases you into motherhood. So, and then all we do simply is we add on 15 minutes per month for the nap gap. So at two months of age, we've got a one hour nap gap. And at six months of age, we've got a two hour nap gap. And at 10 months of age, we've got a three hour nap gap. So just applying an extra 15 minutes per month, starting at the 45 minute mark at the one month mark, that will tell parents exactly how long their baby's gonna need to be awake. By the way, I just wanna say, that's where we begin. You may of course get babies that need a little bit longer or a little bit less, but we have to start somewhere and that applies for the vast majority of babies. And one last quick thing on that I'd like to say is, if a baby stays in their cot awake but happy, they're not tired enough. If they go in their cot awake and unhappy, they're probably too tired. So that's another little tip for my number two. The last bit of advice that I want to really help parents with is this huge question that I reckon millions of parents a night must be Googling to desperately scour the internet for the answer. And that question is, why is my baby or child waking in the night? You know, they're this, they're that, they've got this, they've had their nappy changed. And what people begin to refer to at that point is all the physical things. So they're, they're full, they're, you know, they've got this super duper product that does X, Y, Z, like, you know, something fantastic. The room temperature's perfect, the, the, the grow bag or whatever. And I just, often think oh guys honestly it's whilst of course your baby needs to be warm and clean that, that's such a small part of it so this one bit of information is going to answer that question in one sort of fell swoop and that is that beyond the age of six to eight months every healthy baby can sleep 11 to 12 solid hours without any feeds um, and when they don't is one simple thing. Now, once you've ruled out, obviously it goes without saying, a baby in discomfort or who has something that's stopping them from sleeping, of course that's going to stop it. And in which case that needs to be sorted out by a medical professional. But other than that, if there is not a physical obstacle to sleep, the only reason that a baby is going to wake through the night when they don't have something physical like a thunderstorm or some pain or reflux or a dirty nappy, the only reason they're going to do that is if the way in which they fell to sleep in the first place, or the way in which we get them back to sleep when they wake in the night, is us doing it for them. So in other words, to put it into really practical, easy, an easy example, if when our baby gets to sleep or when they wake up in the night and we get them back to sleep, we do what we call an ing, so feeding, staying, patting, rocking, co-sleeping, putting back the dummy in any ings we teach them through our actions that this is how they get to sleep and if you times that i think it's like eight thousand times a year if you do it a few times a night you're saying you need this dummy to sleep you need this boob to sleep and the truth is that they don't any more than you do but they do believe that they need it just as solidly as you believe you need it so it's only when we're able to teach our baby through giving them the opportunity to do sleep without that ing lovingly of course and with support and reassurance and presence physically and emotionally that they can learn as can we that they didn't need that ing at all and that they're perfectly capable of taking the sleep that they need for healthy development and growth can i ask a question would you call them like sleep cues or would you say that's you know when you're in a bit of a rut of having you know whenever like whenever she was little and obviously you know feeding on demand whenever she's little but then when she would get to the point where you could start implementing a routine when she was sort of four or five months and breaking away from, you know, taking away one of those feeds in the night, which is obviously, you know, a really scary, scary process. Is that what you would say the ings are, more of sort of changing a routine or a sleep cue? So it's a sleep association. So feeding would be the sleep association. Okay. There's nothing wrong with it. But yeah, we what yeah. we do is to help parents move away from it. It's kind of like that weaning off of stuff, isn't it? And I think that's yeah. that's kind of... And I remember when I was 
do, trying to get rid of that night feed. And I was slowly sort of, in the end, she was waking up for nothing because it, I just made it less and less and less every night. That at the time really worked for me, but I suppose it's that thing, isn't it? Just trying to get rid of what it is that you think they're needing because they're waking for, but actually they're waking because they know it's there. It's so interesting. They're yeah. such clever little cookies. Very clever. I know. Do you know what? The actual thing is, is they can play you from the minute they are born. <laughs> That's the truth. They can play you. They are a genius. They are hustlers from the minute they're born. Eve, thank you so much. That is so helpful. And um, yeah, I really, thank really you. appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Eve. That was so interesting, wasn't it, guys? Mm. I mean... Oh, it's so interesting. It, I, I could, could talk about yeah, it for hours. Genuinely. Uh, it's it, so much that goes on that you don't know is going on because you're asleep. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yes, yes. <laughs> What's interesting is is that five-hour thing, because I so get that, when she said about... when You know, when you're really startled if you wake up within those first five hours, that makes perfect sense to me. For sure. Yeah, me too. I need to just start those five hours earlier. Well... Ollie, Emma, you have been delightful, amazing guests. Thank you so, Thank so you. much for joining me today. And Thank I, you for having yeah. us. Thank I honestly, I, I love watching you both. It's so nice as a, as a follower to have seen you, seen you both grow and your family. And it's so, so gorgeous. Honestly, it really, oh, really is. And it's Thank nice you. that you shine such you a positive light on it. It's really, really refreshing. And um, yeah, I, one thing I hope if I could gift you, I will send you sleep. Not for you, Emma, because you get oh. enough. <laughs> you get that enough greedy. That's yeah. the best best gift you could ever give me. Yeah. So thank I will you. send some sleep your way, but oh, thank you both so much. Give Bonnie a little squeeze from oh, me. Well, Please and do. And love to your family. Thank love you. Thank you so much. Well, I absolutely loved that. What a gorgeous couple and such a lovely chat. Sleep is such a huge conversation and I think it's nice to share some of those stories in an honest way because sometimes it can actually feel like you're the only one in the world going through it. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll be back again next week with another wonderful guest. So make sure you follow the My Little Coco podcast wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to get the latest episodes as soon as they are available. Also, do get in touch. I love to hear what you think of the show, just like Charlotte has. She said, as a first time older mum who has been through a long journey, this podcast has accompanied me on daily walks with Bubba. It reassures mums and it is refreshing to hear that celebs go through the same highs and lows as the rest of us whilst embracing the positive sides too. Thank you for helping me see that I'm doing okay and that all is good in this crazy journey. Charlotte, you are not alone. I'm sure that you're doing more than okay. Thanks so much for getting in touch. And if you've been enjoying the show or found it helpful in any way, then please do leave a review and let me know. As most of you know, My Little Coco is stocked exclusively at Boots and as a little treat for everyone, they're offering 15% off of My Little Coco products online. You just need to use the code MYLITTLECOCO15. The code will run for four weeks from the 1st of March to the 22nd of March. For more helpful products and inspiration on all things baby, visit the advice section on boots.com today. You'll also receive helpful advice and inspiration completely tailored to your stage of pregnancy and for the age of your child. If you download the Boots app, you'll receive digital offers too.